Thank you, John, and thank you once again for being here this morning. As we begin this morning, I want to tell you that we are going to begin this morning a journey through the book of Galatians. And so if you've got your Bible with you, I'd encourage you to take your Bible out, find Galatians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10 this morning. Hopefully we'll have that on the screen for you as I preach this morning. But I would always encourage you to bring your Bible, and I would always encourage you to follow along in your Bible as we preach. Um, as mentioned earlier in the service, today is Father's Day. And with that said, maybe you've come today expecting a traditional Father's Day message. And I'll say this morning, this is not it. This is not a traditional Father's Day message, but it is the message that the Lord sent me to for today. So it does have some application to fathers. And I just want to take a moment to remind you this morning, fathers, that it's your responsibility. It's your spiritual responsibility to serve as the spiritual leader of your household. Don't take that lightly. Do not take that lightly. Fathers, I want you to know your children, your family needs to see you open your Bible on a day other than Sunday. They need to observe that. Your family needs to hear you pray on a day other than Sunday. Your family needs to hear you talk about Jesus on a day other than Sunday. So I want to I want to just challenge you this morning. Don't take that responsibility lightly. And maybe you're here this morning and you've heard what I've just said and you think, you know, I haven't done that very well in my household. Can I tell you something? A lot of us didn't get it right the first time either. But you can always make the commitment that you are going to start today serving as the spiritual leader of your family. And I would encourage you to do just that. So this morning, as we begin to look into the book of Galatians, hopefully you're seeing on the screen right now that the, the title of this message is No Other Gospel. And we're going to see right as we begin reading the text this morning that this particular letter is written to the churches at Galatia. So there's some things that I'd like for us just to be on the same page on before we dig down into the scripture. You might be wondering, where exactly is Galatia? And that's a fair question to ask. Well, one of the things that we need to note, Galatia represents a region, not one specific place. It would sort of be the same thing as if somebody makes the statement to hear to us here today about something being located in South Central Kentucky. Now, each of us, as we hear South Central Kentucky, we would know the general region that is being talked about. And these people knew that he was talking about a region. And it's actually located in what we now know as modern-day Turkey. Now, there's some additional information that I want us to be on the same page on before we look at the text this morning. The Apostle Paul was the author of the book of Galatians. This letter... Galatians is referred to as a letter. It was written to all the churches in the region of Galatia. It was not written to just one particular church. Again, it was written to all the churches in that region. These churches are likely churches that Paul helped to establish during one of his missionary journeys. And he wrote this letter 
to help offset the influence of the false teachers. Now, these false teachers, we're going to see when we dig into the text today, that they were teaching that the Gentiles must keep the Mosaic Law in addition, in addition to believing in Jesus in order to be saved. Now, while we are on the topic of false teaching, I just want to make sure that we remember this. If, if you've been with us for a while, you know that a few months ago, I preached through First and Second Thessalonians. And before we got finished with that particular sermon series, what did we deal with? False teachers. False teaching was occurring there. It was a problem. A few weeks ago, when I preached on Sunday morning, I preached from the book of Jude. Again, we dealt with false teachers. And now, we're starting a sermon series in the book of Galatians. And once again, we are dealing with false teachers. And I want you to know, I don't just thumb through my Bible and look at a text and say, that would be a good text to preach. That's not how, that's not how I approach preparing for a sermon. I first spend a lot of time in prayer seeking what the Lord wants me to preach. I felt like he sent me to First and Second Thessalonians. I felt like he sent me to Jude. And now I feel like he has sent me to the book of Galatians. I don't think it's a coincidence that one of the themes that is being dealt with in each of these books is false teaching. You know, false teaching occurs today in many different forms. And I want you to know that all false teaching is dangerous, period. All false teaching is dangerous. But you know, I have to say that sometimes I never cease to be amazed at the people who actually fall for false teaching. And you know, sometimes it happens so gradually that I don't believe the person even realizes that they're falling for it, but then it happens. The end result of false teaching is that the truth about God is exchanged for a lie. That's the end result of false teaching. Now, I think we've got to decide something today. We've got to decide what exactly do we believe. Do we believe the Bible or do we not believe the Bible? We either believe the Bible in its entirety or we don't believe the Bible at all. Now, I want you to know that always when I preach... I hope you know that I preach out of a heart of love. That is my desire. I always want to preach with a heart of love. I always want to point you toward Christ. I want you to leave here feeling that no matter what you may have done or dealt with in your life, there is hope at the foot of the cross. There is hope at the foot of the cross. And His name is Jesus. And let me tell you today, He is sufficient for no matter what is going on in your life. But I've got to say some things today out of a heart of love. And I will tell you, I know most of you that are here in the sanctuary, but what I don't know this morning, I have no, absolutely no idea who's watching our live stream right now. have no idea about that. I have absolutely no idea of who is listening on the radio right now. So I've got to say this. I don't think it's possible for anyone to call themselves a Christian and not accept the entire Bible. 
I do not believe that is possible. And if you believe that you can, I would love to talk with you. I would absolutely love to talk with you. But please, if you're going to have that discussion with me, come with chapter number and verse. Because what we will do, we'll go through this book. We will go through this book. Again, I do not believe it is possible for us to call ourselves a Christian and not affirm the complete Word of God. And if you have fallen trap in believing that you can, you've been subjected to false teaching. Now again, I want to remind you, as I do so many times when I preach, I want you to follow along in your Bible. I want to remind you that you've got a responsibility to take what you hear preached from this pulpit or any other pulpit and compare it to the Word of God to be certain that it's true. You know, that's one way that you can combat false teaching is by verifying what you hear preached from any pulpit to the Word of God. But as we begin looking in our text this morning, again, Galatians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 1 through 10, and we're really going to look at this in two big blocks. We're looking at verses 1 through 5 to start with, and you're going to see that this is referred to as a greeting. Remember, we are looking at a letter. It's what we're looking at when we read the book of Galatians. So we see in verse 1 that Paul is the author And he identifies himself right at the very beginning that he is an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Remember, God called Paul to be an apostle and he sent him on the mission of evangelizing the Gentiles. Now when we look At the beginning of this book, if you're familiar with Paul's writings, and again, we really should be familiar with Paul's writing if we are reading and studying our Bible, because the Apostle Paul wrote more of our New Testament than any other man. So as we read and study our Bibles, we can become familiar with how Paul writes, what's normal for him, and in this case, what's not normal. I don't know if anything jumps out at you from the beginning of this greeting or not. But if you'll, if you'll think of other letters that Paul wrote, what almost always is included is some type of statement of thanksgiving. He's thankful for something. And he tells that right at the very beginning. He doesn't mention that in the book of Galatians. So why would he not do that? Paul was alarmed at these people. He was absolutely alarmed that these Galatians had fallen subject to false teaching. He was surprised that they were questioning his authority at the beginning. So he just makes his, he tells his credentials to start with. He's an apostle not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, we're going to see in verse 2 that this, this letter is co-authored by Paul and all of the brothers who are with him. One of those brothers that are with him at the time he's writing this letter is Barnabas. And there are others from Antioch that are also with him. 
Now, he's mentioning these people here to emphasize his apostleship and also his authority. And again, he is writing this to the churches of Galatia, not just one individual church. Now, in verse 3, we see Paul mention two really important words. The first one is grace. And the second word is peace. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So exactly what is grace? What are we meaning when we say grace? Well, a simple way of describing this or defining it would be God's unmerited favor. And you know what? Grace is the source of salvation. Let's look for just a moment in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by what? Grace. You have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We're going to see that these people, they, they, have, been te- they have been taught that salvation is based on believing in Jesus Christ plus something. In this particular instance, it was plus keeping the Mosaic Law. But we can look at this verse and say that it's, it's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift of God. It's not a result of works. Why? So that nobody can boast. So that nobody can boast. So we can say that grace leads to peace. That's our other important word in this particular verse It leads to peace. Peace represents life, a whole life, a full life in a magnitude that only Jesus can provide. In a magnitude only that Jesus can give. Now in verse 4, we see that grace not only saves us from the penalty of sin, but it delivers us from the power of sin. You know, as Christians, if you are in Christ, we have been rescued from the power of the present evil age, a world that Satan certainly has his grip on in a major way. We live in a world full of cruelty. We live in a world full of tragedy. We live in a world full of temptation. We live in a world full of deception. But you know, Jesus accomplished the victory over sin. How did he do that? Through his voluntary gift of dying for us on the cross at Calvary. As we will see in this verse, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. How did this happen? According to the will of our God and Father. To whom be the glory forever and ever. I want to be sure that you realize this morning, when we look at verses 3 through 5, what are we talking about? We are talking about the gospel. We are talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it It is listed so simply for us in these three verses. Jesus Christ gave himself. Why did he give himself? 
for our sins. Why? To deliver us from the present evil age. And how did that happen? According to the will of our God and Father. Folks, that's the gospel stated in simplistic forms. Jesus loved us so much that He died for us. He was buried, but He didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. And we can have eternal life through Him if His blood covers us. As we move into the next big block of Scripture, verses 6 through 10 in our text today, we're going to begin seeing about this, this theme of the distortion of the gospel. And we're going to see the result or the outcome of that. And I want to really be clear. We're going to see that that practice is condemned. When the, when the, when the gospel is distorted, the practice is condemned. I want you to know this morning, if we distort the gospel... The practice is still condemned. Now, Paul says in verse 6 that he is astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. And you know, I had to believe when the, when the apostle Paul says that he's astonished, it's got to get our attention. It has got to get their attention. And why? Why is he astonished? Because these people are trying to turn to a different gospel. They were deserting God. They were turning their backs on him. These people had been delivered from the bondage of the law. And what have they done? They have run right back to it. They are trying to say that salvation is based on Jesus plus something. Folks, I want you to hear me loud and clear this morning. Salvation is not based on Jesus plus anything. It's Jesus only. Jesus. It is not based on salvation plus good works. We cannot possibly live a good enough life. To get to heaven. Salvation is based on Jesus. Only Jesus. And then in verse 7, Paul makes it clear that even though they are trying to turn to a different gospel, there's not another one. There is not another one. But there are some among you. There are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Jesus Christ. While we're on these two verses, I want to ask you a question. Have, have you noticed that that's happening in our society today? Just like the people today in our text who were deserting Christ, people are doing that today also. And you might wonder, how, how do we do that? How do we distort the gospel today? Well, when we declare that things are okay that clearly contradict God's word, we're distorting the gospel we're, distort, we're distorting the gospel and we desert Christ. When we decide that we're going to discard part of the Bible but try to follow the rest of it, we're distorting the gospel and we're deserting Christ. When we only want to talk about the fact that Jesus loves everybody, 
But we never want to talk about how Jesus addressed sin. We are distorting the gospel and we are deserting Christ. Church, I want to tell you, we have got to stand firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. The question is, will we do it? Will we stand firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I was really hoping when I said that there would have been a resounding, yes, we will. The time is now to make that declaration. In verses 8 and 9, Paul has given them a hypothetical case here to show the seriousness of preaching or teaching anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's look at these two verses. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. I want to be sure that you realize that he makes this statement let him be accursed twice in those particular verses. It's serious. It should get our attention about how serious this is. These people were mixing grace and legalism. It was false teaching. We must hold true to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we move to verse 10, I want to be sure that we realize the context of this verse And then we're going to see how it applies to us today. You know what? Paul had critics. Do you realize that? The apostle Paul had critics. As bold as that man was, there were people, his critics, that were accusing him of preaching an easy salvation. Can you imagine that? This bold man, this bold apostle named Paul that preached the gospel, he had critics that were circulating these accusations against him that he was preaching an easy salvation. Now, the reason they were doing that is because he preached that salvation is only based upon Christ. And they didn't like that. They didn't like it. To take it a step farther, they said that he was doing it in order to become popular among the Gentiles. Can you imagine that? To circulate... A rumor like that, it sounds a lot like jealousy to me. Now, church, we know, we we have the ability to read the Bible, and we know that what was being circulated against Paul was not true. But I want to take this opportunity to remind you that, you know, do you realize that not everything that we read in social media is true. Not everything that somebody will tell us face to face is true. Do we realize that? So I want to caution you, before you circulate something, be certain you know it's valid. And then, not just because something is valid means that it has to be circulated. Be careful. Let's not participate in gossip. Now, going back to Paul's critics, here's how Paul dealt with them. Verse 10, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant 
of Christ. Now, Paul makes it really, really clear what his motive is. He makes it really, really clear of who he's interested in pleasing. He's not interested in pleasing man. He is only interested in pleasing Christ. I wonder about us today. Who had we rather please? Do we want to please God or do we want to please man? Because it's one or the other. I want to tell you this morning that if you hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will not be popular in today's world. If you hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ in today's world, people will say things about you. Some of them will be bold enough to say it to your face. Most of them, the vast majority, will say it behind your back. Maybe they'll say it on social media. People that you once thought were close to you will turn their backs on you. There may even be people in your immediate family that you love dearly that will turn their backs upon you simply because you are not willing to compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. But can I tell you something this morning? It's worth it. It is worth it. I wonder this morning, whose approval are we seeking? Are we seeking man's approval or are we seeking the approval of Jesus Christ? I want you to know this morning, there is no other gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wonder, have you been transformed by it this morning? Have you been transformed by that gospel of Jesus Christ? If you have, you will look and act different from that of the world. And as we prepare to close today, I wonder, do you know Jesus today? Has there been that time in your life where you realized that you were a sinner and you knelt at the foot of the old rugged cross at an altar wherever you were? And confess your sins and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If you haven't, today's the day. Don't leave here not knowing whether or not you would spend your eternity in heaven. Let's be clear. You're going to spend your eternity in one of two places. It's either heaven or hell. One of those two places. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, it really is as easy as what we tell children in Bible school. It's the ABCs of salvation. We've got to admit that we're a sinner, that we've done things wrong, that we've got things in our lives that do not please God. We've got to be willing to admit that, to admit that we're not perfect. The B stands for believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He loved us so much that He died for us on that cross on Calvary. But you know, He didn't just die. He did die. He was buried. But He didn't stay dead, did He? He rose the third day. And because of that, If we've given our lives to Him, if we have asked Him to be our Lord and Savior, His blood covers us. But before that happens, the C comes in. You remember I said it was A, B, and C. The ABCs of salvation. The C is really the hardest one. You know, it's easy to admit that we're a sinner. 
It's easy to believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died for us. The part that most people have the problem with is the confessing part and the turning from the sin. That's what's involved in C. We don't continue to live a life of sin. Now, will we mess up? Yes, but we won't want to. We should not want to. It's so... I wonder, have you done that today? If not, I want you to come today. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you've been here a while and you know that you would like to unite with Greensburg Baptist as a member. I would love for you to come today if that's you. Maybe there's another decision that you just need to make publicly this morning. Maybe you're here as a father and you realize that you have not been serving as the spiritual leader of your household. If that's you today, I want to invite you to come forward, kneel at this altar, have a conversation with Jesus, and resolve that from today forward you are going to fill that position in your house. Will it be easy? No. Will it be worth it? Absolutely. Yes. Or maybe there's somebody here that's wrestling with another decision. Perhaps right among this body of believers this morning that is here. Perhaps Christ is calling one of you into the gospel ministry. You know, he still does that. Praise God, he still does that. If you are wrestling with that, come forward today and make that public. Can I tell you from experience... That if, there's a, if he's got a call on your life to preach the gospel and you try to sit, sit still and make like it hadn't happened, your life will be miserable, period. Come forward and make that public. Maybe today God is calling one of you to serve in missions. Yeah, he still does that. He still does that. We've got 30-something people serving in a short-term mission this week. But perhaps God is calling you to serve internationally and it's not short term. If that's you, come forward and make that public this morning. You know, so often when we read Matthew 9 verses 37 and 38, we really don't read it correctly. I want you to stay with me this morning and focus on what I'm saying. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now can we just be clear this morning? Normally when we talk about those two verses... What we really mean is, Lord, please raise somebody up from our congregation right here and cause them to volunteer in the nursery. Cause them to want to serve in vacation Bible school. Cause them to want to fill one of the open positions that we might have throughout the church. But I want to call your attention to two words in this particular verse. Send out. Send out. Are we praying that today? 
Are we praying that Jesus will raise somebody up from this congregation that will be sent out to the nations? If we're not, we should be. If we are not, we should be. Are we praying that Jesus will call men of God into the gospel ministry to leave this place and go out and preach the gospel? If we're not, we should be. I'd encourage us to pray that. Make it a part of our daily prayer that God will raise people up out of this congregation and send them out to the nations. I wonder this morning, what is he calling you to do? This altar is open. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for bringing us to this place today. Thank you for the fact that there is no other gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you will move throughout the sanctuary today. I pray that you will move throughout the people that are listening on the live stream right now. I pray that you will move throughout the hearts and lives of the people who are worshiping with us this morning through the radio ministry. And what I pray that you will simply transform lives. What I pray that you will save people and set them free. I pray that we will see people answer the call this morning whether that is a call to go across the street and to tell somebody about Jesus or whether it is to answer the call to preach the gospel or whether it is to answer the call to go and serve around the world. Father, I pray that we will see obedience in this place this morning and I pray that we will see surrender. And most of all, I pray that we will see you glorified. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.